If you hadn't noticed, today is the first Sunday in Advent, the time when Christians anticipate the coming of Christ the King. Now, this is not simply the church remembering Christ's arrival in this world 2,000 years ago as a baby. It is that, but it is also a welcoming of his presence with us today, right now, through the gift of his Holy Spirit. And it is also an anticipation of Christ's future return next time, not as a baby, but as Lord and King of all creation. Now, people today anticipate Christmas in all sorts of different ways. For some, it's a time to worship Christ and give thanks for his coming. And we welcome you here today to do that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Christ Jesus himself who is our present from God, our Father. And everything else is just wrapped in tinsel. For others, though, it's a holiday time, a season to enjoy with family and friends. And that's a good thing too, isn't it? A time to gather our families together and be with our friends. That is a lovely thing. For many, it's a very lonely time, full of sadness. And it's accentuated by this time of friendship and family for many people. 2,000 years ago, there was no such thing as Christmas. Nevertheless, some people had been watching out for the Christ, the Messiah, for many years and were suddenly full of joy at his arrival. Others still wanted to get rid of him as soon as possible because they felt threatened by this new King Jesus. And this is what is going on in the story we're going to look at today, the coming of the Magi to worship Christ the King. I'm going to watch a video of Rosamund and Gladstone from Ghana reading this passage to us now. Thanks. Matthew chapter 2. This is Rosemond, and I'm here to read the Bible verse for today. And we are reading from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. And I read, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of people Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Verse 7 to 12. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. 
as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Amen. Amen. That's lovely. Now, Gladstone's up in Paisley with the Reverend Hugh Chalk's church, spending some time with him. And Rosamond's been with him too, but she's arrived here this morning. So let's give a warm welcome to Rosamond. Come on up. Welcome, Rosamond. It's great to have you with us. God bless you. Can you maybe just bring a greeting for the church this morning? Thank you. Hello. (laughs) I'm I'm very excited to be here. Uh, It's been so far wonderful. People are very nice. People smile all the time. Yes, and I've learned to smile too all the time. So thank you so much. It's been so wonderful having this church supporting us in Ghana. And we love you people. We pray for you every time. And I know you also pray for us. God bless you so much. Thank you. Stay here. It'd be good to pray for yourself and Gladstone. Give us a couple of things we could pray about for you right now. Okay. Oh, we just want to pray for the strength of the Lord so that we'll be able to do anything and stand against every trial in life. So we just need the strength of God for both of us. Okay, let's pray, shall we just reach out a hand of prayer to our Rosamond this morning. Lord, we pray your blessing on Rosamond and Gladstone today. Thank you for the work Rosamond does in the school and Gladstone in the church. And we pray for the strength of the Lord for them right now. Come, Holy Spirit, fill Rosamond here and Gladstone up in Paisley. Thank you for them. Thank you for their love for little children and young people and for your church. And we thank you for their partnership with us. And we pray your blessing on them today in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. The greatest Christmas present we could ever receive is God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Certainly this is what the wise men, the Magi, believed. And that's why they made their way to Bethlehem. They were there to worship. Their luggage was packed full of gifts for this newly born king. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold for Christ the king. Frankincense for Christ the great high priest. And myrrh for Christ the savior. Over the next few weeks, together we're going to unwrap these gifts as we think about the meaning of these presents. What does Christ's presence mean for our world then, now, and in the future? And this morning we're going to begin with thinking about gold for a king. The key word in this story is the verb meaning to worship. 
The word worship means to prostrate oneself and kiss the hem of the garment of a ruler or master. And we see this in the actions of the Magi throughout this story. They said, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. So this is a question I'd like to ask this morning as we look at this passage. What happens when we worship King Jesus? And the first thing I see in this passage is that we become secure in the love of God the Father. Now I'm sure the gift of gold brought this vulnerable little family some financial security for the years ahead. In just a short time, Joseph and Mary would have to flee to Egypt to escape from Herod, who wanted to kill their young son. The universal currency of gold would have helped them a lot as they found their feet in a foreign country. But that wasn't the key to their security and the security of the wise men who had come into another land to worship. The key to their security was right in front of them in the form of a little child, a vulnerable, dependent baby who needed his nappy changed, just like any other baby. How could this be? How could such a small thing provide security for them and indeed us today? Well, we find the answer in the previous chapter recorded by the prophet Isaiah centuries before the birth of Christ. It says all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's where our security comes from. It comes from heaven, down to earth. God with us. God's present to us is his presence in the person of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And when we worship and welcome his son, God the Father in turn welcomes us into his family, into the security of his love and grace. This is what Mary and Joseph discovered and what the Magi from the East discovered too. Worshipping Jesus Christ brings us into the security of God's love. Even when all hell was breaking loose all around them, they were safe. We're going to watch a video now of one of our up-and-coming actors, King Herod. The only king. I was in my palace one day when some strangers came to visit they were looking for a new king. A new king? A new king? I could not believe my ears. I was so angry, I knew I had to do something at once. So I went to consult my advisors, and they told me about this baby to be born in Bethlehem. So I said to them, go and find this baby, and when you have found him, come back and tell me so that I too can worship him. But I wasn't going to worship him. 
I had a plan to sort out this imposter. I was going to kill him. <laughs> the boy's got promise. Well done, Brian. Thank you. It's part of our children's work for the schools coming in next week. It's a bit of an understatement to say that Herod was insecure. But he was. He was paranoid with insecurity. Happily dispatching anyone, including family members, who posed any kind of threat to his position on the throne as king. And also, sadly, as the story continues, little children in and around Bethlehem under two years old. What a crime. What a tragedy. What do you mean, where is the king of the Jews? I'm the king, thank you very much. What a mistake Herod made. He didn't need to compete with God's son. That wasn't required. And he would have done better to worship this king. Our own Queen Elizabeth shows us a different approach, doesn't she? Every year on Christmas Day, when she, the queen, declares herself a worshipper of Christ the King. She acknowledges that she is queen by the grace of God. And consequently, she is also secure in God, her father's unconditional love for her. You can see that in her demeanor, can't you? She is secure. And it's not the security of wealth. It's a security in the one she knows, God, her father. The Bible teaches us that this is the longing which cries out from deep within every human being. Because our souls long to be reunited with our Father who loves us with a passion, a passion that drove him to send his only son on a mission of reconciliation to planet Earth. Do you want to know this God and the power of his love for you? Then the good news today is that you can simply become a worshipper of King Jesus. God, his father, knows all about you and he wants to welcome you into the eternal security of his family today. That's a security that's indescribable, a security that nothing on this earth can touch or get near. It's a security that we only know and discover by drawing near to God our Father through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing which happens when we worship King Jesus is that we receive God's guidance for our lives. Here's another image for you now. That is the biggest star in our skies, and it's called UY Scooty. Don't know why. I'm sure there's a reason for that, but that is the biggest star out there that we've discovered so far. Let me read to you from... Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. The radius of that tiny little orange dot is 1,708 times bigger than our sun. And its volume 5 billion times larger. There are some big things out there. 
it says here, there's no way of being sure from historical records what the Magi saw. Perhaps it was a comet or an exploding supernova. Or perhaps, dot, dot, dot. We just don't know. Here's a poem written by Mark Green, and it's called Star Witness. And it gives a voice to these stars in the night sky which bear witness night in, night out, to the glory of God. The heavens declare, and though many an eye has paused to stare at star-studded sky and seen creator in creation as plain as day, still, they never take us quite seriously. We material objects are thought far too dumb, our sensibilities too numb to utter mystery. As if we don't have fire in our bellies or an eye that twinkles with delight in the knowledge of his constant sight. As if he himself had not said that the stones themselves would cry out. What then have we they called dwarfs a hundred times larger than their bright sun? Should we not have voices to praise the one? No, you humans, deaf to stone and time fleeting blips, are gone too soon to learn our song or read our lips. But can any deny my speech was as clear to the Magi as Philip's, when to Nathaniel's questioning heart he gave simple reply, come and see, come and see. The Magi received guidance from above in all kinds of ways. Initially from the stars, They were astrologers, people who looked for meaning and direction in the night sky. Here's another picture of one of the magi, just so you can see what they look like. (laughs) Looking surprisingly like Greg, our youth worker. (laughs) Although I think he rocks the look, you know, it's a beard. Beard definitely works. Perhaps in our scientific age, We sneer at the wise men's superstition. But people have found God's meaning and direction in all sorts of creative ways since mankind first looked up in God's direction. And just like the Magi, God continues to speak to us through a wide range of media. His glory speaks to us from the heavens. And when he catches our attention... He zooms us in on this book here, the Bible, Scripture. Notice in the story how initially the star just gets them to Jerusalem. That's the capital city where the palace is. Makes sense. But it's only when God's word is opened that they begin to receive clear prophetic direction from the prophet Micah towards the little town of Bethlehem. And after they find King Jesus... God then speaks to them in a dream. He warns them in a dream to give Herod a body swerve on their way back to the east. You know, if we took out prophetic words and dreams from Scripture, there'd be an awful lot missing from this book. We must never try to limit how God chooses to direct us. Yes, the Bible is our primary source for our daily guidance. It's our plumb line, it's our compass, which keeps us on true course to Christ. 
But God is God and he can speak to us however he likes. So don't let your own limited experience restrict how you listen to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to awaken all your senses to the guiding hand of God your Father. Perhaps it's one of the reasons you're here today. It's Christmas and you've come to worship Christ the King. If that's you, then like the Magi, you've chosen wisely. Because God, your Father, is delighted that you're here And he wants to speak to you today. He wants to guide you on your journey of worship. Speaking directional words for your life through his word, the Bible. Or perhaps through words and pictures that were shared from here just a little while ago. Maybe you've had a dream that feels significant to you and that stayed with you. It's not gone away. Or maybe when you look up at a clear night sky, you can just tell that you're not here by accident. And there's got to be more meaning to your life than some sort of accident with odds that are unimaginable to our minds. If that's you, come for prayer at the end of our service. Come and seek the King's direction for your worshipping life. And he can be trusted to speak to you personally. That's what God wants to do. That's his heart's desire is to be in relationship with you and me one-to-one, speaking to us daily, speaking into our lives through his word and as we pray to him and as we listen out for him. That's the kind of relationship that God of all creation wants to have with you. I think that's exciting. And it is exciting because I experience it in my own life day by day. The third thing which happens when we worship King Jesus is that our lives are filled with the joy of heaven. It says, after the wise men had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They couldn't contain themselves. Joy. Isn't that what we're all searching for this Christmas? What we long for? Our world presents us with all sorts of shiny things which promise us joy and fulfillment, but always fail to deliver that. And that is because the joy we long for doesn't come from this earth. It can't be produced by us. It comes from heaven as a present from God, delivered in person by Christ the King. And the joy of heaven is an indescribable joy which, once received, can never be taken from you. Never. It's a joy we'll be singing about on the high street at 1.30pm this afternoon. Come and join us. Let's make a joyful noise in praise of Christ the King on our town high street today. There's plenty of room in that stage, at least I hope there is. Enough room for many of us to cram on there and worship God by singing carols. This joy, however, is not just a gift for Christmas. It's a joy which permeates the whole of our lives, like it did for the worshippers in this Christmas story. All we have to do is follow in the footsteps of the Magi and bow down in humble worship 
of Christ the King. Wherever and whatever situation we find ourselves in, in the weeks ahead, it may be in the words of a Christmas carol we sing. Maybe it'll be in a difficult decision we have to make in our workplace or our family or our neighbourhood. Perhaps it'll be in the midst of a personal disappointment. We can still worship in those situations because it's not our personal circumstances which bring us joy. It is who we worship in those circumstances who brings us joy. And his name is Christ the King. So let me finish with a a simple song of worship. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing. (laughs) It's a song in scripture from a wise woman called Mary, the mother of Jesus, who watched all that was going on and pondered as the Magi worshipped her newborn son. You wonder what was going through her mind at that moment. But earlier, Mary, full of joy, said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. God loves humble worshippers. And Mary was the top of the file when it came to humble worship. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Do you want to be filled with that same joy of heaven this Christmas? Then join with the Magi, Mary and Joseph and all God's family down through the centuries as we worship Christ the King today. Get yourself off the throne of your life. Extract yourself And bow down before the true King, Jesus Christ. And you will be overcome by the love of God, your Father, for you. As he guides you step by step, day by day, filled to overflowing with the joy of the Lord. Do you want that this Christmas? That's a present God offers you today. He is Christ the Lord. And he is here with us by his Spirit now for us to worship him. Shall we pray? Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts, our souls, our minds with the knowledge of Christ the King. Lord, we bow down afresh to worship you today. We give you the place of honor in our lives and in our church and in our community and in our world. We recognize you, Lord Jesus, as King of all creation, the King who came down, took on flesh, As one of us, thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you for that. We thank you that through you we discover security in the love of God, our Father. And we thank you that through you we can follow in the Magi's worshipping footsteps, guided by you day by day. And I pray for every person here for that specific guidance today and tomorrow and the days ahead, as we open your word, as we pray, as we talk together, as we go about our daily lives, guide our paths and our steps, Lord Jesus Christ, and fill us with joy overflowing, the joy that this world cannot touch, and help us to share that overflowing joy with everyone we meet this week. In your holy name. Amen.